This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Shift. I hope you're having a lovely week. I'm very excited about this week's guest. Um, Her name is Irene Marrow. She's a comedian and a stripper here in New York City. So she came on and spoke to me about what it's like to strip in New York City, what she had to do during the pandemic, OnlyFans, and being in a five-year-long open relationship. So we had great chats. She was really open and honest. It was really interesting. I'm so glad I got her on. Um, And please go follow her. Also, if you want to see the video for it, it's on the Patreon as usual. So Patreon forward slash The Shift Podcast. And there's also solo episodes up there. Um, stand up in progress so like new jokes up there as well every once in a while or new stories uh, that I video here in New York City oh also as well Des is coming on as well to do a catch-up episode so if you've had any questions for him you'd like me to ask let me know because that'll be so much fun it'll be great to have uh, the chats so enjoy this episode and I'll talk to you at the end do you consider stripping sex work yes um most times when people say sex work it like is the umbrella term for things from even like OnlyFans and cam work to foot fetish stuff to stripping to prostitution um some people have different opinions on it but when it comes to stripping the best thing I've ever seen um Marla Cruz on Twitter had a great tweet about how there's so much overlap in stripping like a lot of strippers do extras which is like you know blowjobs and stuff um in vip rooms or they like do online work to supplement their work so it's just like such a fluid like you're often strippers don't just strip so like it's easier to have an umbrella term that just encompasses all of it you know and so do you do other stuff other than just stripping like so do you do only fans or yeah i have only fans i got only fans because of the pandemic um it's not I don't love it and then um yeah I've done other other stuff too so you would go and start now you can also not answer <laughs> anything but I'm just so curious so you would do in the back room you would do blowjobs and stuff um hypothetically speaking her through the grapevine then maybe there's a rumor that I would <laughs> wow <laughs> and is it much more money for that yeah it's the, the extra meaning like it's extra money that's great <laughs> But, you know, you're on your own, setting your own prices there. And, uh, yeah, you 
obviously undercover cops can come in and slap you with like a prostitution charge um and obviously you can get fired from the club if you do that that's so scary oh i would never be able to do that i'm such a scaredy cat i'd be like (laughs) are you sure you're not a cop (laughs) um how did you start stripping what got you into it was this stripping before stripping was before anything else right your first foot into my entry into sex work was actually camming doing webcam work and um chatterbait.com was what i did and uh, what is that that it's like a it's like a camming site so you if you're like a you know cam girl you make a profile and then you like sign in it's honestly so complicated (laughs) like i couldn't figure it out to like fully capitalize on it because you have to like because you get tokens and you can like do all these different like ways to get people to give you tokens but people can also just watch for free and yeah I never figured out I never perfected that art um but like the the most money I ever made was one time I got really drunk because I was just sitting there bored not making any money and then I fell asleep and then I woke up to like a bunch of tokens because someone had some like weird like sleeping girl fetish. Oh my god, I could definitely do that. Ah, <laughs> oh, I wish. I hope he listens to this and asks me. I'll be like, yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll record while I sleep. Right, women can do anything. Um, although not- I got a violation for that. You're not allowed to sleep on camera. That's ridiculous. The safest thing you did was sleep on camera, and they're like, nope, nope. You got to work for it, bitch. Wow. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I was doing that. And then I was also an assistant for this blind guy. You know, you're a comedian. You have, like, five million random jobs <laughs> to try to get through the day pay the bills. Um, and he, I think he knew about my camming work. And um, he, you know, we were very, like, casual. We had a very casual work setting. So he knew my personality. And he was, like, he used to go to this place uh that had like a lap dance party um they tell you they're not a strip club because they don't have a pole or a stage but like you go and you take your clothes off for money so it's like absolutely a strip club um but he he used to go there all the time and he was like you would be great like you should totally like go audition so i i got my start from a blind guy thinking that i'd make a great stripper which is great (laughs) um and then I like kind of fell in love with it and then I started auditioning at like traditional clubs and now I'm at more traditional clubs a pole and a stage and all that was it hard to get into work in the pole I tried to I was at a sex museum and I tried to for like a second I don't know if you saw my Instagram story but it was like a massive (laughs) massive fail and I was like Jesus this is really fucking hard I well I'm definitely checking out that video when we all got here um yeah pole is incredibly hard I, when I first started uh, at a place with a pole, I would just truly just walk around it um, because I was too scared. And then I was like, I'll go take pole classes. Perfect. So I went to this place in like Greenpoint, Brooklyn, and I hated it. Like, first of all, they like book the class for like 12 people and then there's like six poles. So like you go in groups and everyone like watches you try these moves and I like got so nervous that I was sweating so much. So I was just like slipping off the pole, like truly couldn't do anything. So then I bought my own pole and like went to amazon.com, found like a hundred dollar pole 
had my boyfriend install it in my living room. Now it's in my room. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw on TikTok. It looks class. Cool. I love it. Um, and I would just like watch the other girls at work and be like, okay, I'm gonna try that when I get home. Or like on slow nights, the very nice girls would like bring me up on stage mm-hmm. and teach me tricks. Or like after work, we'd like stay after me and my friend who were both trying to learn. And then, you know, once you get a little more confident, I'd go and try the tricks on stage. And yeah, I slowly learned that way. And then when quarantine hit, I was like, I'm just going to get really good at pole. So I just practiced pole like all the time. And now I feel like I became a much better stripper, just like pole wise during quarantine when I wasn't working, which is fun. And so wait, I quarantine so it was it's kind of like comedy once you're not able to strip or like bartending same sort of thing there's no you're kind of just fact yeah um I started working again in like November at like underground clubs which is usually just like a sketchy empty apartment somewhere (laughs) um which is actually how I started getting bored that's where I did most of my extras which is interesting obviously like clubs had to close down but it's interesting to see that making something illegal and closing things down actually breeds more illegal activity you know yeah like Um, booze prohibition yeah exactly (laughs) um so yeah I started working there like underground strip clubs um stuff like I worked at some random I think it's shut down now so I can say it on air some like random apartment in Queens that truly just had like a pole in the living room and the pole was like so poorly set up some fucking like long island and queens dude set it up and put it like way too close to the wall and they also put like a huge flat screen tv so i would always kick the tv when doing tricks and they'd be like lucy stop kicking the tv and i was like take the tv down like they're like trying to watch football while you're (laughs) like stripping oh my god what the when because i was there during like the election um and they're all republicans okay oh, yeah they're all like italian queens republicans so they're all like pissed and i was like on the pole like spinning around upside down doing tricks while they're like angrily watching the results come in it was like the night that they announced that biden won okay like, oh, my god nightmare yeah. how did you though like i understand when you're stripping at a club that has bouncers um you know and is completely legal and that people know about it like you're able to feel safer how did you feel safe going to these like underground events um I mean the the thing I was most afraid of was the cops actually um and they did come one night and they like had us like all sit in the changing room and like wait for an hour or two um because I don't want to especially if it's like yeah working at a legal place that they could definitely be like, okay, prostitution, even if they don't really have much evidence. Um, But yeah, there's definitely a risk of like, there's no actual security here. I like to think, like I liked the guys that I worked for and, you know, the manager guy is like a bigger guy. So I like to think he could protect me, but yeah, there's definitely a risk in that. So you knew him anyway through the club. So it's not like you just went to a random Craigslist party looking for strippers. <laughs> I actually didn't know him, but um, my manager from my previous club had had brought girls there 
And then my friend started working for him. And then I was like, wait, can I work there too? And then he was like, send me a picture. And then he was like, yes, you can work here. And then I actually still work for him sometimes for like another party. Okay, so at least there's some association. I guess it's like fucking uh, me going and doing random apartment shows. Like I just would say yes and go and could be murdered. So I guess it is similar. Yeah, um, I mean, there's definitely a risk and it definitely could be scary. Um, Sex workers and strippers deserve more protection. I would say like the fact that a lot of stuff is illegal gets in the way of like say I did get hurt I probably wouldn't want to go to the cops because they're not on my side and I don't want to get in legal trouble um and also just the attitude that we have about strippers sex workers whores that it's like you know kind of this idea that like it's like taking what were you wearing to the next level of like well you were doing that so what did you expect what did you think was going to happen you know yeah that's crazy and what happens if you do get a prostitution um charge how does that affect your life it depends on um exactly what you're charged with I believe it's a misdemeanor in New York I have googled it (laughs) yeah Um, you don't want to be able to not travel and stuff like that like I know if I ever got charged with anything my green card would be taken away like I can't be weeing in the streets you know so right exactly and like you know a lot of sex workers are people who are here on visa or who are undocumented So that's a big problem and a big concern for them. I know like in Texas, if, or no, no, I think, yes, Texas. I definitely know in, in New Orleans and Louisiana that if you get something, then you can't work at a strip club like for five years or something. And you get Jesus. put on a sex, well, you get put in the sex offender registry. Jesus. So yeah, it's state by state. I believe here in New York, it's a misdemeanor, but I mean, it's not great and you get fined. Yeah, 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 of course. And they probably seize all the money you made. Jesus. And do you, okay, other question. Do you make a lot of money? Because I know people are always like, it's great. Is it great? It, it depends. Um, okay. Sometimes, yes. You know, sometimes you have a great night and you feel on top of the world and you're like, I'm a fucking sex goddess. Um, and some nights you don't have a great night at all. And some nights you, especially at the like strip club, you like leave in the hole because you have to pay house fee to uh, management so depending on when you arrive they have house fee go up by the hour because they want you to get there early so Um, you pay to perform yeah because you're an independent contractor so you are like renting the space or whatever which is (laughs) such bullshit and also so annoying because they'll often like text me and be like where are you and I was like okay if you want me to like be here on a schedule then you got to give me like health insurance you know (laughs) for like an hourly wage like I'm paying you let me show up when I want which is usually at like 11 or midnight I hate Um, that that'd be like them bar that'd be like bars saying you're renting when we make loads of tips that'd be like bar now I don't do night work so I don't personally make loads of tips but it'd be (laughs) like uh, saying to the bartenders well you're renting working here at the bar you have to pay and not paying their employees like the club should pay you you're an employee you're making you're the reason why people are coming into a fucking strip club yeah, I mean, they're not coming in for, like, the $18 Heinekens, you know? No! The only reason why they come in is for the girls. That's crazy. Yeah. I have it no is. Idea. You have to tip out the DJ, and then, like, when you do a VIP room, you have to tip out the host, who is literally mm-hmm. just the man who handles the money. Um, yeah, and then I usually Uber there and back, you know, my nails, my makeup. Yeah, So that's an another investment. thing. 
I can't imagine all the money you have to spend or even the upkeep. Like I have never waxed my vagina. <laughs> so I can't <laughs> like it hurts so bad. Oh, is that a lot of things? So you have to do all of that. You have to fulfill like you have to do your nails, your makeup and all of that. And your vagina. I mostly I keep up with my nails. I just shave my vagina on the shit. Right. Uh, it's the lighting in strip clubs are is horrible but very forgiving um, oh god yeah uh, I both have straight up razor burn and like ass acne and nobody <laughs> knows although I get my I get my ass acne from the strip club because I don't think men know how to wash their pants and then I'm like rubbing my ass all over it and I like I guess I just like started when I stopped working I noticed my butt pimples went away and then when I started again they came back and I was like I know the common denominator here yeah bastards then you have to go to the dermatologist get some acne cream I've done that but I'm not rubbing my arse up on anybody's pants maybe my pants were just dirty (laughs) maybe I need to wash my pants better (laughs) but um and what about like if you got your periods I usually well I get a really light period because I'm an IUD God bless. Oh, um, a lot of girls will just call out. Um, or the stripper trick is that you just take the tampon and you cut the strings so that it doesn't hang out. Yeah, I read online a girl saying she made more money when she was on her period and she thinks it's because something to do with the pheromones. Absolutely. I feel like mm-hmm. men can, men are, because especially when men come into a strip club, they like become, they're like, not like animalistic, because I don't even, I'd say like, they're even they're not even like aggressive I and mean, obviously some are aggressive but they become like vulnerable to like desire you know what I mean yeah. like they're pretty easy to manipulate <laughs> what type of <laughs> men charm I mean charm, it's a charm. <laughs> what type of men are you meeting though because of course people's um you know some people would have a person there's like obviously uh everyone like who's young like a lot of my girlfriends have gone to strip clubs just for like the laugh and stuff like that but I do think the perception is more that like it might be seedy and like creepy men has that been your experience Mm, I feel like the typical one and the like because people are always like oh everyone sounds awful and it's like god that's the only ones that I tweet about are like the shitty ones because no one wants to hear about like my fun experiences (laughs) um they're mostly dudes in finance and then older men and bachelor parties and then sometimes bachelorette parties are like the woo girls who come actually female customers are often the worst because they're like usually yeah they're there because they're hammered and they're like wouldn't it be funny if I came to your job um and they don't tip because they're they're not used to the culture you know so they don't realize Mm -hmm. they'll put like you know scream and be like here's that party and then put like one crusty one dollar bill in your thong and they like think that they can slap your ass and touch your boobs without asking because they're like they're a woman you know oh yeah I hate that that's so weird that's so weird I don't go anyway I wouldn't I was just in Vegas and there was this guy going around slapping all the girls at our ass and they were all laughing and it was all fun. And then he looked at me and I was like, if you even think about it, but you know, but then the girls are doing it to each other too. That just reminded me of that. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Why is it okay? Why does people think it's okay to be slapping our asses? No, no, you gotta ask. Okay. So, um, I was going to ask you there something about after, Oh, what's it like with the older men? <laughs> older men are, um, I definitely, if I see an older man, I'm like, yes, because usually they have money and they're lonely. 
and horny but um the hardest thing with older men is that and this is like absolutely 100 ageist but i just have to say that they have a very particular smell to them and it's very stale and it's uh hard to stomach <laughs> but it is usually worth it um i like older customers they're, they're usually sweet um and who what are the type of men who usually want like how do they even bring up that they want more like that they're like mm, blowy i would be hard pressed to name a time i had a customer who didn't ask for more oh my god really <laughs> i'm actually shocked at that i'm so i'm so naive sometimes wow i mean you think about it you get a guy you start like grinding on him he gets a boner the next natural thing is for him to be like how do we fuck (laughs) and how do you pick and who you who you're okay with doing extra with um I mean I think it's been such an interesting lesson in boundary setting and again if any police are listening to this podcast this is hypothetical and I'm joking um (laughs) it's only Irish people anyway (laughs) amazing um that learning that like you don't have to be like I'm stripper who does extras or I'm a stripper who doesn't do extras it's like realizing that you can even not extras of but like you know letting people touch certain ways or answering certain questions it's just like all about boundary setting and what you're feeling comfortable with that night or that day and that can always that's always allowed to change so it's really just like a vibe check (laughs) I'm like am I feeling it am I not Oh, that's good. So actually then coming back to the independent contractor, maybe it is good that you guys are independent contractors because then the club isn't like you have to do this. You have to be a certain way because if you had like a boss, then they might be like, you should be doing extras or you shouldn't or you should whatever. So does that help them being an independent person? It has its benefits. I think maybe like not the same thing, but similarly to like, you know how some people are like, oh, um, service people bartenders should get hourly instead of tips yeah and then you're like but then I might not make as much because sometimes tip work is better we're like since it is independent contract I take all my tips home you know which is I feel like you know this is the most I've ever made at a job so I'm like I don't know if I would want to just be an hourly worker you know yeah but like also can you set if you had a if they were paying you hourly they might decide how you perform or what you do like are you kind of able to do your own thing now and be like well I can dance a certain way or touch someone mm. more do no, they still get involved yeah. oh, okay. but there's also they have to follow like state rules you know yeah yeah Jesus um how did how does it how how did it work like learning to dance on them I'd be such a goofy idiot I wouldn't know how to be like how did you get that confidence to be like oh I'm sexy I'm gonna put my arse on you um tequila shots <laughs> uh, usually you get two free drinks most places you work um but yeah it's stripping is so funny like they literally just like hire you and they're like okay well get on the floor <laughs> and the first place I worked didn't ask any they're just like get on the floor and I just I guess did it like was you know I think I got someone bought a lap dance for me like 10-15 minutes in so I was just like okay survival mode let's do it it's like bringing back your like middle school grinding skills (laughs) just pretend you're at the middle school dance again but this time they're on a couch it's a really great thigh workout yeah yeah no I know a few of my friends who do pole dancing and stuff just to be fit 
one of the one of the girls is like a workout person so she's done it just for her her workout schedule which is great um yeah i can't it's you guys are very very strong um <laughs> uh well i was gonna say something there that you said now it's after slipped my mind oh oh yeah did you ever find i like did, I know you posted about this on TikTok and you said you didn't really, but did you ever have an incident that was like really creepy or scary or felt unsafe from a man? Yeah, I've definitely, you know, men are not good at boundaries, especially when it comes to sex. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of like having to say no and having someone, you know, keep trying. Um, but you know, that happens a lot in the world as a woman. And at least yeah. at this time you're getting paid for it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I think it's helped me become more assertive and being like, absolutely, you can't do that. And I'm not going to let that happen. And if, but if you do want to like touch, you know, my boobs, which you're not supposed to, then you need to buy a VIP room or you need to pay me extra per touch, you know, mm-hmm. and being like demanding of that. And I know you're in a relationship. How is that affect? Well, you said at the start that your boyfriend installed your pole, which is amazing. That's, <laughs> that's extremely supportive. How does he feel about it? How did it, did it affect your relationship at all? Um, I mean, we're in an open relationship, so I think that helps because we already have that element. Um, but it is different, you know, it's a different scenario. And um, I think it definitely took some adjusting for for mostly for both of us, but for, for him to kind of just, you know, get used to it. Um, and then one time he came into a club I was working at, and I think that helped in that you know, because I actually he was he explained it to a friend when we were talking about it. Like someone asked him this question, so I was like, "Oh, perfect! I get asked this a lot, so I'm going to listen to your answer." <laughs> um, <laughs> and he was saying like it was cool to see like because he saw me with customers and stuff, and he was like, "It was, you know, kind of a confidence boost to be like, oh my god, like that's my girlfriend. Everyone's like paying for her attention, and then at you know, the end of the night, she's going to come home to me." You know, that's great. He's a uh, very uh that's amazing what's I don't know what the word is but he's obviously able to compartmentalize his emotions really well and see positives yeah Uh, he's great I read a girl online saying that she took her boyfriend and uh he said that he was okay with it because what she was doing was a fantasy and when he's when she's with him he gets the normal intimate uh that the other guys aren't gonna get yeah yeah totally I've had (laughs) I've had a lot of stripper friends, coworkers whose boyfriends are not as understanding. Like there's this one girl I worked with who um, she like knew where she was working. So he came in and then he saw her giving a lap dance and then left in a fit of rage. <laughs> I was like, what did you think you were going to see? Yeah. Yeah. That's dumb. Like either if you're going to be with someone who does this, you have to just be okay and support of, or just not be with them. Like I, yeah, exactly. If you can't handle it, then you can handle it, you know? Yeah. And which is also fine. Like I can't imagine, I I saw a girl like cuddled up to my my boyfriend recently and I was like ah! <laughs> but also it's like but maybe I'd feel better if she was paying him I'd be like well he's gonna use that money on me <laughs> so right? there is there is all these different layers where people have to realize it's a profession you're not you aren't um it's not like you're it's like not like lovey-dovey like I guess it'd be different if um your be- like best guy friend came over and you were just like giving him a lap dance and your boyfriend walked in you'd be like what the fuck's yeah, going on that'd be not okay it's like <laughs> it's a performance it's like when exactly. actors like have to perform a sex scene or make out for a movie or Yay. a play or what have you <laughs> a web series whatever um and then I guess because yeah. you're in an open relationship he doesn't mind about you doing any 
physical acts if you are to. Yeah. And I always tell him what goes down. So it doesn't feel, so we feel like we're all, you know, open communication on the same page, no secrets. And do you always outside a strip and if you're with different partners, do you tell each other about your different partners in your open relationship? Yes. We, we, we started with the kind of like, don't ask, don't tell (laughs) rule and realized that, that it felt, felt like we were like hiding things from each other, you know, which feels like not the, not what we wanted for our relationship. And did you not like, did you ever kind of feel jealousy or anything like that? Or was this just always something you would be comfortable with? Oh yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't, I mean, I've never met someone who's never jealous of anyone. Um, Like it's, it's not about to me, like never being jealous, just like whenever I am jealous, I try to make sure I like voice that. And then I found that if I'm like, Hey, I'm feeling jealous. I'm like, Oh my God, it just like left my body. As I said it, like once I'm able to acknowledge it, it kind of goes away instead of letting it like fester inside yourself until you like (laughs) reach a breaking point. And did you, do you guys have rules for your open relationship? Like you're only allowed to sleep with other people or you're allowed to date with other people or have you put in any sort of guidelines? Guidelines, yeah. you hear me? I swear it's like some sort of instructions you get. Sent no, to you. it really, it really is. And it's really a lot of like trial and error and like finding things out as you go. Like we found things that we're more comfortable and uh, less comfortable with as we go on. We do, we have like, you know, you have to wear, use, practice safer sex, use condoms with other people. Um, don't like fuck each other's best friends <laughs> um and if you like if it we don't really date other people but if you like hook up with someone more than once like that has to be included and in, you know disclose yeah. that it's, it's a repeat um I think those are all of our rules also just like you know basic I think you can tell it's like when something would like like you said like if his best friend came over and I started like grinding up on him like that wouldn't be cool <laughs> yeah yeah use your own judgment yeah yeah because I had a guest on and he was saying about how he could never do an open relationship so just now I forgot that you're in an open relationship so it's great to even just pick your brain about it from to have the other side like I couldn't do it um and that's it I just I'd never I'll never be built and never be able to do it uh but I don't like I can see how other people can I'd say there's a lot of compartmentalizing whereas my brain would just explode um yeah that's yeah I think it's important to recognize that like like I could I I've tried to do monogamy and I just like it's not for me I can't do it but I can totally see how it's you know what other people want yeah which is great when and how long have you been with your uh boyfriend um a little over five years how did you guys even come up with the open conversation how did that even we started open uh like we've never been monogamous because we we know each other from high school or we met in eighth grade, I think. Um, and then we met back up in New York five years ago and we started, you know, we were just like fucking and we were both like, I don't want anything serious. Cause we both had just gotten out of like, just gotten out of like long-term relationships too. So we were both like, yeah, I just want something casual. Like I'm seeing other people, I'm seeing other people. And then all of a sudden we were like, well, I'm in love with you. So, <laughs> I love so we're like, this- but I how long were you guys together when you said you were in love with each other? I told, I said at first, like, because we started hooking up in April. And then I said, I love you in November. So then we were like, yeah, I mean, clearly we were like, you know, into each other. And we were just like, I like what we have going. Um, but then feelings intensified. So we just kind of kept the non-exclusivity, but in a committed relationship. <laughs> 
Are you guys like, okay, I guess I do want something serious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's great. Um, You're getting both of your, you know, because it could, it, could, it could have been an opposite. You could have fell in love with him and him be a, a monogamous person. And then you stuck mm-hmm. between. Yeah. So it kind of worked out well that you're obviously that your boat feel that way. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, we actually don't live uh, with each other. We live like a 10 minute walk from each other, which is perfect because <laughs> I can like, you know, walk over in the morning and I, you know, we're very close, but like when I'm like, holy shit, I need to sit in my room alone. I can do that. That's yeah, that's good. On a lot of people, especially five years would a lot, like you guys are very non-traditional because a lot of people yeah. are like, oh, we have to live together. But it's good that you're like, I want to fuck other people and I know this about me and I want my own space and I know this about me and not apologetic. <laughs> Absolutely. And it was such a blessing during quarantine. <laughs> Like, I feel like in quarantine, couples either, like, got engaged or broke up. And that's because they were, like, stuck in the same room with each other. So it was like, which way are we going? And we didn't do either because we had our own spaces. <laughs> it must be really hard for couples um, who are stuck together for the whole year. And let's say the ones who are, like, we're going to get engaged. But coming out of this, I'd imagine that a lot of them are having, like... um attachment issues because they're they've literally yeah. been glued to the hip so imagine I like the world opening back up and one of them going I'm gonna go see my friends it must right. be, it must be tough because they probably become so codependent yeah it, you know that became normal it's like having to readjust back to the before normal yeah. especially in New York too like being stuck in a New York apartment with someone is like you really can't get away from them no and it's so small like for anyone who's listening in Ireland they had it worse because they had such a lockdown, but the only thing I will say is that the just in general, the buildings are bigger. <laughs> like literally here, it's like like my boyfriend now, who I just recently became boyfriend girlfriend with. He his Congrats. ex. Oh, thanks. Yeah, he's lovely. Actually, you know him. Oh. <laughs> um, he's so great. He's so great. Uh, he's like the best best person person I've ever dated we've had like one issue but I've also been like is this me being uncomfortable with it or is a real thing to be an issue and we've Mm. talked about it and it's real healthy and he's really understanding and he's like because I do come from a different culture as well so it's been like wow Mm -hmm. I find that you could say stuff and be like I'm uncomfortable with this but I don't know and the guy can get really or the girl can get really defensive and you're like and then it kind of puts you off saying things to the future but he's very much no he doesn't get mad and then he's like actually yeah I can see that from your point of view Uh um yeah, he's like crazy emotionally intelligent. We love but... a communicative king, don't we? He's so great. Um, but he, him and his ex lived together in the pandemic and then they broke up. But it, when I went, when I, I stay in his apartment a lot, but I was like, Jesus, this would be really hard on any relationship. I'm mm-hmm. glad they broke up, obviously. He's <laughs> my boyfriend now. But I was kind of thinking, yeah. Or I was, I went on a date with this Brazilian guy and he brought me back. This is ages ago, but he brought me back to his apartment and he was like, Yeah, me and my ex, like we had this like vile, like really like aggressive, horrible breakup. Um, and then like when he was telling me all about it, but when I went back to his apartment, I was like, Of course you guys did. It was like the size of a shoebox. Like I <laughs> anybody would like lose their mind in that. Right. So I was kind of like, Well, yeah, maybe you guys maybe you guys should give it another shot <laughs> but, but um what was I gonna ask you how did your boyfriend react when you first told him you were thinking about stripping um I don't even remember I think he was like good, have good luck at the audition <laughs> <laughs> 
because um, because I had been doing camming work and I feel like that he was like oh okay and I was like yeah I figured you should know and he's like yeah it'd be weird if you hadn't told me so I was like okay so he is going to want to kind of be in the know on these things yeah um yeah I think the hardest thing we ran up against especially in the beginning was like just scheduling conflict because he works he has a day job and I was working you know late at night and I'd be done at like five in the morning and I just you know I'd work weekends and you know I was doing comedy so it was just hard to see him and then I think when you add on top of that that the reason I wasn't seeing him is because I'm out like being you know quote unquote performing flirtation and and being physical with other men and sometimes women um I think that was hard but I think we've worked. It still is hard sometimes, but, but we've worked through it. Have you had any women ask for like, be serious about it and then ask for extra stuff in the background? No, I have not, but I know there are people who have. Okay. And what was the first time you decided to do extra stuff? Let's say, um, what was that decision where you went, mm, I want to do this. Or was it something you thought about before that you'd be okay doing? Or was it like a last minute sort of? I didn't really start until like quarantine. like underground stuff because I was like I can't get in trouble I mean not like I definitely can't it was harder to get in trouble yeah yeah so it was just more about the trouble it was like you're just like yeah 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 if you can make a couple you know an extra six hundred dollars absolutely six hundred dollars Jesus Christ I know I love uh Wendy um what's her name Wendy uh she's been on this she's been on this a bunch oh Starling yeah her joke about people being like are you ashamed of uh having men pay for sex and she's like I'm ashamed for the men that I let fuck me for free exactly yeah <laughs> that's what I will say once you do any physical act mm-hmm. that's a good way to get around it <laughs> physical act for money it's like you're like why do I do this for free I guess for like emotional intimacy but <laughs> I also as well I wouldn't be able to do it because I find most men gross um and the thought they are it- putting their penis in my mouth like taste or look of it I would I would gag but when it's like someone that I really like or love I love doing it but it takes me being like I have to make sure like even most of the guys I've sex with it's like three or four dates or whatever just so I'm like definitely attracted to them and then I can be like as wild as whatever like especially if I like them I can even get more like it's funny too because I remember I had this guy and he was like talking about how his ex would like jerk off his her sperm into his sperm into his mouth and I was like so horrified I was like I never want to do that <laughs> I know with my partner now and I like care about him so much more we were like in the shower and we, I was just like blowing him and then like then he was like jerking off but like I thought in my head I was like oh I should go down like, like the co-. and I was like wow I was like I never thought I didn't actually do it but I thought I would be okay doing it with him because I like him so much and I feel safe and stuff so I think like it's like a different Anyway, that was a long-winded story of how I'm like, I, <laughs> I feel like you can become comfortable with stuff in different situations. Yeah, um, I think it's compartmentalizing again, where it's yeah. like, you know, there's casual sex, there's intimate sex, there's transactional sex, you know. Yeah, you're like, it's just a job, get it done. Yeah. Wow. Or job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. There should be lick jobs for lick outs or eat outs, <laughs> eat, eat jobs. All um, of the jobs. Let me see if I have any more. Uh, oh, and do you ever have to deal with like, is there anybody who is outwardly judgmental that you have to deal with and that stresses you out? Like at work? Like or just in general, friends. Have you had to deal with a lot of like... Oh, um, yeah. oh. um, 
I didn't tell my family for a long time. And then I told my mom, uh, <laughs> I have a joke about this. I told her and she was just like kind of pondering it. And I was like, oh my God, what is she going to say? And she was like, okay, well, I'm not going to come see you perform though. And I was like, I fucking hope not. <laughs> That's cute though, that the Todd actually went through her head. I should support her, but I got to let her know. Yeah, I, can't she's like, I can't do it. <laughs> She's like, I'm drawing the line at your comedy shows where you like talk about your pussy. I'm not going to come actually look at it. <laughs> but um, when, you, when you strip, no one actually sees your vagina, right? Because you're wearing a tongue and stuff. Yeah, I have never worked at a full nude club. There's only one full nude club in New York. And most states, when you have a full nude club, it's a dry club. Like you can't serve alcohol if it's fully nude. And that's just, just such, a, kind of- such a vibe that I don't roll with of yeah. like sober whole <laughs> I do I do also feel like the men who are sober coming to that might be like because at least maybe the men who are like no. drinking it's a bit of crack I don't know and they come hammered they come hammered oh they come hammered oh no because it's also open till 8 a.m oh okay yeah yeah no no uh, what about this the is all just what I've heard but. yeah 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 still it's good to know I didn't know that there was naked strip clubs I mean I've never been into a strip club I will go at some stage <gasps> um, so yeah um, but yeah, we also had one time because you have there's all these different like health codes they have to do. Like you can't if you're wearing like a lace lingerie, you have to have like a club industry standard thong underneath. Um, but they the thongs that they have are like I, I have a fat pussy. And one time they sent out like this mass text to all the dancers, and they were like, first of all, he was like, ladies, protect your or not protect like stop showing your flowers, which was like you've seen my me fully nude in the locker room and you can't bring yourself to say the word vagina um because he was like you know someone like people on stage can like if it's like you're you're like flowers showing and I was like that is a thousand percent about me (laughs) (laughs) and um, make your thongs bigger (laughs) make your thongs bigger and what about the shoes though was it hard to learn to walk in them and stuff that seems like a fucking that no, seems like the hardest first, part. Well, at first I wasn't wearing like their pleasers or the, what they're usually called. The like stripper, classic stripper shoes. Um, at first I showed up in like fucking like Forever 21 heels, which in hindsight is like so embarrassing because you're like, that's the new girl, you know. <laughs> um, and then the first time I wore pleasers, I sprained my ankle. Uh, I think because I was just like so nervous about being in them and also like on the carpet. Like now... I, I wear my pleasers all the time and I think they're actually easier to walk in because they have the big platform yeah. on the front to match the heel because I recently put on for something I can't remember that I like had to wear like actual heels and I like could not walk in them I, can, I can do yeah I can do the pleasers it does feel like it's uh, a health hazard like if there's a slip or at the pole I don't know how you guys do it yeah I'm pretty I'm sure I signed something that was like if I die it's fine <laughs> if you slip in your heels yeah if I break my neck it's not your fault um, um and is there anybody else just back to the judgment thing how would you like if someone was to start stripping and some and they were getting what would be your advice to them if they were getting like these kind of like people being like you're a slut you're a whore whatever what would you tell them how to deal with it yeah because I mean that happens obviously online a lot it happens in life and I would say be in touch in tune with the amount of 
emotional capacity and energy you have to deal with it and like when you do feel like you want to take the time to like educate them or clap back or whatever definitely do it but don't feel like you always have to and sometimes you can just block someone or walk away if you don't have the energy to deal with it and then there's no like union or HR or HR as you guys say (laughs) um for stripping we definitely don't have HR. We have house moms, which is like a woman who is in the changing room who's pretty much in charge of everything and like looks after you, but she's usually in charge of discipline too. Um, what do they do yeah. to discipline you? Yeah, you know, so just like, oh, you were too drunk or you this and like you can get on probation and, and stuff. But I, I usually love my house moms, you know, they, and they like have tampons for you. And like, if something I've had friends where like something bad has happened and you can go cry to the house mom, mm-hmm. they're usually great. Um, and there are, there's, you know, a lot of sex worker rights activists and, and people who are, people are trying to work on a union. I don't know specifically what's going on in New York, but strippers are definitely trying to unionize. Yeah. And how, uh, how do you feel about the whole, um topic of sex work like if they legalize it do you think it'll make uh less illegal sex work activity because if it's more legal then it's more uh you know there's more of an opportunity to get it safely etc yeah i'm very pro full decrim decriminalization instead of legalization um i'll try to break it down for you yeah because i mean i i think you know any consenting adult should be able to have sex whether or not money is exchanged you know I think it's silly that the law should ever be involved in that if you want to have transactional sex great if you want to have romantic sex great whatever that's not the law's business um but decrim would just keep the law out of sex workers business and keep cops out of sex workers business and cops are famously horrible in general but also famously horrible to sex workers and like we said before, there's a lot of like migrant sex workers and trans sex workers who, again, like each just each subcategory, the cops are just worse and worse with them, you know, and they'll use it to deport them, um, harass, often assault. Um, and also, like, if you just like legalized it, then there would be government regulations, which also like we just live in a very horophobic sex negative society so i don't trust society to be in charge of those regulations and i think it would keep you know rich white men at the top of the business model and then once again um for any sex workers who don't have access to doing any kind of sex work besides like street work and kind of like the more marginalized people would still then be breaking the law because they couldn't meet regulations and codes. So then they'd still be left behind and and slapped with criminal charges. So I prefer decrim of just like taking criminalization out of it. Um, So then sex workers could feel like they could go to the authorities if something bad happens because they don't have to worry about the law and then they can make their own rules and regulations because they're kind of the ones that know what's best for them. Yeah. Why this might be a dumb question. I maybe don't know the answer for it, but why was it ever criminalized in the first place? I yeah, I, you can't quote me on all of this. The <sighs> there's a deep history of it, and it, it actually dates back to uh, anti-Asian racism. Oh. Uh, I I don't I might butcher like this is like a very like you know synopsis, but. Um, 
the sex trade in the U.S. became big in like San Francisco, I want to say, during I think like the gold rush era. Um, and then there was like all these madams um, who were um, Asian women were coming over and they're having them work in the brothels and, and such. And there was like this really powerful madam named a toy. If anyone wants to Google that. And she was like, had all, you know, a lot of, it was a way for women, especially the ones who were working as madams to kind of become financially stable and like equal to men in that sense and like really powerful. And I think they did not like that. Um, and then there was like this idea that all of the like prostitutes were dirty and were infecting our soldiers with diseases. And they were like specifically angry with like Asian women sex workers so it's it's rooted in like misogyny and and slut shaming and racism so yeah yeah pretty much the same as it is today (laughs) yeah because I was just thinking and again this is me being very naive and but I was just like thinking I was like why was it ever criminalized because yeah yeah I don't know how like how it especially like I understand it being criminalized when there's like um what's the word um oh like people being taken fuck what's the word trafficking thank you sex trafficking Jesus and again I'm coming from this <laughs> knowing nothing about it by our movies um like of course yes yeah, sex trafficking bad um but it's also like maybe potentially and hypothetically if it were legal would not stop a bit of that but I don't know I have no idea uh, you're correct um. Uh- Yeah, so a big thing that's like um, sex worker rights advocates um, and activists say is like people conflate sex trafficking with sex work and they're not Mm -hmm. the same thing. And like, so people who are like, they'll often crack down on like consensual sex workers under the guise of anti-trafficking. But if you like look at the trafficking laws, you can actually, you know, slap a lot of people who are not getting trafficked with a trafficking offense. But anyway, all this is to say that they think that like if you get rid of the sex industry at large you'll get rid of trafficking because then there's no industry for them to traffic people into but that doesn't make any sense because you get rid of like that non-trafficking industry then all you're going to have left is the trafficking industry and it's just going to push everyone underground they're going to have no more competition so everyone's just going to go to trafficking you yeah. know and it's just confusing as well the different levels like porn is okay it's okay to be a porn star but it's not if you film if you film it then it's not illegal (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i just the whole thing confuses me i'll have to look into getting someone who's like uh i know like um like a who has criminal knowledge like a lawyer or something yeah yeah (laughs) that's so interesting and there's definitely lawyers who like specialize in excuse me actually just met a guy maybe i can hook you up with him who specializes in in defending sex workers Oh my god, yeah, that'd be amazing because it'd be interesting to get like the actual facts and like how because like I'm just saying mm-hmm. it can, like again I know nothing, you know. So and I don't know, I don't want anyone to message me and be like, "Well, this is why because this or this is why because that." And it's like, yeah, well, I don't know, and we're just having a conversation about it. Um, exactly. Yeah. And like I'm always like that, like even with like when it comes to religion, I'm like, why you know like I never understand why they have to get involved in other people's business I'm like if they're doing their own thing yeah yeah I mean my thing is and I don't want to say men just like the patriarchy Mm -hmm. um they don't want you know they think that they deserve our bodies our sex 
sexuality and our attention for free. So, you know, mm-hmm. a woman being able to capitalize, no, not, you know, not women, but because not just women do sex work, but, you know, capitalizing on that makes them mad, you know? Yeah. I just did an episode where we did like a crossover episode with Billy Presida. It hasn't come out in the podcast yet. And I don't know when it'll come out, but he does OnlyFans as well. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was a little shocked because I was like, oh, I forgot men you know I would think gay men would do it but I didn't I didn't think straight men and I would make money off it and he was like yeah yeah, yeah. and I was like wow this is so like you just you kind of just you just don't know things you know or you have like yeah. uh, uh I don't know what the word is but like stare like you stereotype or uh just automatic I just presumed it was only women doing only fans which is a dumb I just never thought about it it never occurred to me yeah um oh I was gonna say something there and you were saying sex oh fuck slipped my mind I like need a little, <laughs> I need a robot who like thinks I have ADD so my thoughts are all over the place <laughs> like a teleprompter what was it you said there um men body pay for can't remember fuck fuck I'm so annoyed at myself I was like that's a good point <laughs> Irene but yeah it's a lot it's a lot about bodily autonomy like a lot of feminists you know I think sex work I mean, I very strongly believe like if you're a feminist, you should be pro-sex work because it's a lot of women's rights and the whole slogan, my body, my choice is can be applied to sex work, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's it. I don't remember what the last question I was going to ask you, but it probably wasn't that important if it slipped my brain so easily. But <laughs> Oh, I remember. You, po- you posted a tiktok um this is what always happens um but you posted a tiktok saying um that guys will say something like oh you know i could get this for free um i thought <laughs> yeah, that was so good because what, what did you say back in response um wait oh my that one is just like i mean the exit's right there like yeah. be my guest have at it go out and get that shit for free like what what are you doing in my club then yeah yeah because most women won't do that like the only reason why they have to go to you is because like i'm not i have a boyfriend i you know i'm not able to get on and strip and maybe one day but like you know and then he's not getting that fantasy either so it's like yeah you're not I hate that that a guy would say that to you because that'd be like a guy coming into my bar and be like, I could get this beer for free somewhere else. You're like, Give exactly. Go- You're like, okay, well, go, go sit on your couch and crack it open. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, this is great. Where can the listeners find you? And I realize I didn't even introduce you, but I'll introduce you before. But for the for the people who see the video, this is Irene Marrow. Mar- is how you pronounce <laughs> your last name, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, great. Um, and where can everybody find you? And on TikTok, I'm underscore Irene Barrow. Um, and I think I'm the same on Instagram. I keep changing my shit. And Twitter, I'm at Irene F. Marrow, I think. I, my Twitter got deleted. So now I like don't know what my shit is. And then I came back. Oh, yeah. At Irene F. Marrow. Great. <laughs> and I also I have a podcast called um, Good Porn in America. And we talk about like porn and sex work. So oh great perfect and your tiktok i love your tiktok uh so people go watch that because it has confessions of a confessions of a stripper right yeah and it's me on the pole so you can see what i look like not like this yeah no you look (laughs) great either way but yeah on the pole holy shit and it is beautiful and i love to please keep doing that those um i'm sure you're planning to anyway but those confessions of a stripper are great it's like and i saw that people were like sharing the audio because i saw (laughs) i don't think i was following you i didn't even know you're on tiktok until i saw someone else um using your audio and i just clicked on the audio and i was like oh my god it's irene (laughs) 
But um, yeah, that was great. I'm going to let you go. Uh, I'm not wearing any pants, by the way. Um, so I'm going to go put some pants on. Um, <laughs> thank you. So great to see you. And hopefully I yeah, see you soon. I know. I hope to run into you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. So as usual, please go follow Irene, Irene Merrill and the Patreon. It's Patreon forward slash the shift podcast. And let me know if you have any topics or guests you'd like to see on or advice you want. And just DM me or shoot an email. And yeah, uh, let me know if you have any questions for Des for a fun catch up episode that we're going to do soon. And as usual, thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.